welcome back to Strange Stories with the Seeker and the Skeptic. I'm Brittany. I'm the Seeker. And I'm Jonathan. I guess that makes me the Skeptic. Today, we're going to have a really fun episode for you guys. We have my wonderful parents, Rosemary and David, with us. Um, my parents have known each other pretty much their whole lives. They've been married for 43 years. Uh, Rosemary, my mother, um, is a retired school psychologist dedicated daughter to my 95-year-old spitfire of a grandmother and a devout Catholic. And my dad, aka Papa Place, is the man who gave me my book hoarding tendencies and fed my <laughs> desire <laughs> to understand the unexplained with his love of a good conspiracy theory. So welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for being here. Okay, thanks. No thanks problem. for having us. Yeah. We're very excited to have you guys. So we'll definitely get into talking about um, all of our different experiences growing up in your household with the unexplained. Um, but mom, you had mentioned that something had happened to you in your childhood. Um, and I don't know if I knew this story. So I'm wondering if you could tell us what you saw over the lake. Yeah, it was um, it was kind of a like a, a one time thing and it was pretty much unexplained, but um, for your listeners who don't know, we live on um, Lake Ontario, and there are three nuclear power plants right on our lake um, within, you know, a few miles of where we live. Um, so when I was a little girl, and this was about the time that the first power plant was, uh, was operational, and then I don't think the other two were yet, um, my father had a friend who lived out in Scriba, which is, you know, near the lake. And um, he kept saying he kept seeing all these strange lights over the lake. Um, so one night we went out and sure enough, there were strange lights over the lake. And I probably was only maybe about eight years old or something like that. So, you know, so it's kind of a dim memory. But I remember that lights didn't move like a plane. Then um, they were right about where the nuclear power plants were. So that's about the extent of my extraterrestrial experience if you will <laughs> that's interesting yeah I don't know if I've ever heard that story I remember growing up there was a story I think with Aunt Bobby and Aunt Me had seen something at Grandma's right yes and well, I I did not you weren't there but and I I I vaguely have a recollection of them talking about it but um I went and I was there, but they went down to ex explore whatever this phenomenon was, and I didn't for whatever reason. And then I didn't remember afterwards that they had even done it until they told me. That's strange. It was very strange. So I've told a little bit on the podcast about some of the things that we experienced growing up. Um, but when it all started, I was pretty little. I was, you know, a lot younger. So I want you guys to tell from your perspective, like what, what happened in our house and when did it start happening? Oh, what didn't happen? <laughs> um, I, I, I want to say I noticed, well, Aaron kept your sister, um, kept coming to us and talking about the green girl that was in her room. Um, and I, you know, being cynical, I put it down to, um, you know, you're reading too many of those Goosebumps and R.L. Stein books. And she was probably, I don't know, like eight or nine or whatever. Um, 
so but then after start things started happening um i kind of like okay maybe this isn't all just you know her imagination um and we figured out that the green girl was green because her walls were painted green and the girl was transparent so that's how she ended up being the green girl and uh so it was just it was just kind of odd things and it and people say wow that's really scary and i'm like it, you know it really wasn't um it was kind of you know it was just kind of strange um we had a lot of um like what i would call residual activity like um things that didn't seem to have intelligence behind it like the green girl um one time i saw a dog um that was um like I, all I can say is it looked like it was made of smoke. Um, and I, I could, I had just let our dogs outside. It was like about six o'clock in the morning. And, um, and I hear these little toenails coming down the hallway, um, you know, and I recognize that as, you know, that sounded like my dog. And then I went like, wait, wait, my dog's outside. And so I saw it coming um, and it, it was about the size and shape of my Sheltie, um, but it looked like it was made of smoke. And it disappeared. Uh, I have an island in my kitchen and I was standing on the other side of the island and it disappeared out of my line of sight and then it was gone. So, you know, we've had a lot of, you know, residual, what I would call residual activity, um, you know, footsteps, um, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, we've had different people come and investigate our house and they did see an image um, in our garage of all places, um, in the rear view mirror of our our car that was like um, a soldier in uniform. So- I, Do you have any idea where that picture is? Because that is such a clear picture. Yeah, um, geez, I don't. We'll have, yeah. to, I'll have, to, we'll have to look for the- somewhere. Yeah. Air cool may, may have it, but who knows? Yeah. So there, there's, be... a, there's a picture of that? Yes. Okay. What is military uniform? Mm -hmm. Do you yeah. know what era it would have been from? Like just by looking at it and do you happen to know? I, I really don't remember. I, I think I, I don't think it was modern. No, it wasn't. No. It was yeah, I don't know. So I don't know. It could have been revolutionary, could have been civil war, I'm not sure, but it wasn't it wasn't a modern it wasn't a modern uniform. What were some of the experiences that you had, Dad, early on? Well, um, the thing that made me believe in all this is I was home alone. Mom was at work. You guys were in school. And the dog, oh, at that point, we only had Chloe, so she was in bed with me. And suddenly, I felt something get in bed with me, and then it was like a little kid running running across the bed like you you would you would run back and forth in the bed and that's what I felt oh so you felt like an actual physical a physical feeling yes yeah yeah I remember you know growing up I would always see shadows out of the corner of my eye definitely like little ones that looked like animals would hear footsteps I remember times hearing um like somebody typing on the computer and thinking it was like you dad 
Um, and so I would go and check and there would be nobody in, in that room. Yeah, well, I had an experience like that too. I, I kept hearing voices and I knew I was the only one, me and the dog were the only ones in the house and we were in the, we were in our bathroom. So I come out and look and, and it sounded like there was people out here, like there was a party going on and there was nothing out here mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. And I wasn't playing any music or anything like that. And we're too far away from any any of our neighbors to hear music. Mm -hmm. And just just for the sake of context, these these two experiences that you just explained, what what years would those those have been generally? Like what decade at least? Probably nineties, eighties. Probably, probably um, in the nineties. I would be my guess. Um, Sam into the two thousands. Well, the um, running joke at our house was always um, that. <laughs> that uh, the the goats were attracted, attracted to Erin. And so when she was away at college, um, we would have like hardly any activity going on at all. And then about a week before she'd come home for a break or whatever, everything would start up again. And we're like, oh, they know Erin's coming home. So, mm -hmm. so we kind of, we kind of blamed Erin for a lot of this. <laughs> she, seems to be, she seems to be a magnet for, um, for, for this kind of thing. She definitely does. And that's interesting because you had said, mom, that, um, you know, there's some energy that feels like there's a consciousness to it. And then there's some mm -hmm. that just feels like residual. Mm -hmm. So kind of talk to us about how you like see those different categories and what experiences you've had with them. Well, you know, I mean, obviously I'm not a paranormal expert, but, you know, to my understanding, a residual activity is just it's not aware of you. Um, it's just kind of like a tape that's being played over and over again. Um, you know, more of a consciousness is that that they interact with you or um, something like that. So we definitely have both. Mm -hmm. Definitely have both going on. In what ways have they interacted with you? Well, they like to take our stuff. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and, 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 Sometimes it will come back and sometimes it won't. Um, and it, what if it does come back, it's always in an odd place where you know darn well you didn't put it or you've already looked there a bunch of times. So, um, you know, that happened with um, the Aaron scholarship check. We tore the recycling bin apart three different times and then we found it like laying on top of the recycling. I'm like, well, we know that we looked there. Mm -hmm. um, like, they seem to like my jewelry and my makeup. Um, they, they, they took that. Uh, most recently, we haven't, honestly, we have not had um, a lot of activity in the last couple of years, but um, Aaron's coming home next week. Uh, so, um, so recently they stole my sunglasses and I wouldn't have really cared except they were prescription sunglasses and they cost me a lot of money. And so I looked all over, I tore the house apart um, I even asked up to the nursing home where grandma is, if anybody had found a pair of sunglasses, although I know I didn't, you know, leave them there because they're either on my face or in my purse, you know? So if I take them off, I put my regular glasses on and put the sunglasses in my purse. So, and I looked everywhere. Yeah. And, uh, like on top of our desk, we have like a bunch of old glasses and a bunch of old, um, like just regular plain old cheap sunglasses. 
So there's probably four or five, you know, sunglass, you know, glass cases up there. So um, I had actually broken my good glasses. And so I was looking for a pair of um, of my old glasses to to wear until the new ones got fixed. And so I'm opening up all the cases and I'm like, wait, I don't remember seeing that case up here before and open them up. Son of a gun. There are my sunglasses. Sometimes if you yell at them, they'll bring stuff back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that definitely worked for me before. Yeah. You know, when things were taken, <laughs> you have to get a little mean and then mm -hmm. they're like, okay, we'll return them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So tell them about your keys. So I was getting ready to go to the doctor's one day. Mom was at work. I was here by myself. You guys were in school. And I went to um, get the keys off the key rack that's hanging in the living room. My keys weren't there. So I'm tearing, I'm going through all my coat pockets, my pants pockets that are hanging on the coat tree. I'm looking all over the place. I couldn't find them. I ended up having to call the doctor and canceling the appointment and rescheduling it because I couldn't get there. Mm -hmm. And then I went into my underwear drawer to get some socks, and that's where they were. <laughs> and I would have never yeah. in a million years put them in there. Yeah. That seems like a very odd place to put your keys. Yeah. Yeah. So you both have mentioned that um, you were kind of skeptical at first and then some experiences mm -hmm. made you a believer. So what made you skeptical at first? Well, I think, you know, just our very traditional upbringing, um, you know, we were always taught there's no such thing as ghosts and that all of this stuff was a lot of, you know, hooey. So, um, you know, I was very slow to to believe that there was stuff going on. And I was always trying to look for a logical explanation for it. Mm -hmm. But um, eventually you just kind of have to admit, OK, there, there's something going on here that we can't explain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and sometimes it wasn't always um, it wasn't always uh, like like malicious or mischievous or mischievous. Um, Sometimes it would, they would try to be helpful. Like when um, I first went back to work and you guys were still little, um, if there was like a Monday holiday where I didn't have to go into school um, and I'd still be sleeping, all of a sudden I hear a knock on the door. And I'd get up thinking it was one of you guys and there's nobody there. And I'd look in on you and you both were both, were both asleep. And this happened several times. Um, so I'm thinking they're trying to let me know, hey, you're oversleeping. You're supposed to be going to school now. <laughs> right. But um, yeah. Being a little but, alarm uh, clock for you. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the one of the things that just really sticks out in my mind um, happened to a former fam family member who will remain nameless. Um, but I remember you were bringing stuff up from the cellar and you didn't want to go down there alone. And this person was, you know, giving you the business about, oh, you know, you're just, you know, being stupid or silly or whatever. And um, so he so he went down and he was carrying stuff up and he got about the third step from the top of the stairs. And he said something along the lines of and I don't know if you may want to edit this out, uh, but uh, you're a bunch of pussies <laughs> and I heard and I was probably a good 12 feet away. I heard a hiss that was like directly into his ear. And I think he leaped 
those last three steps in one bed. <laughs> and I was over in my chair in the living room and I heard that hiss yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I definitely remember that. I think it was actually Aaron wanted somebody to go downstairs. With okay. Her. I don't okay. think I was downstairs. I think I was at the top of the stairs and heard it. Um, but I remember not too long after that happened, we had some paranormal investigators come to the house mm -hmm. And yep. they were doing the light, like the flashlight kind of communication, you mm -hmm. know, with yes or no questions. And I remember yep. they asked, like, <laughs> did, did you hiss at this? Who my mother is talking about was my ex-husband. <laughs> so, um, which is fine. We can, we can talk about him. But um, they asked, like, did you hiss at Mike? And the light went off to indicate yes. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, it was that was very obvious to me because it was loud. Yeah. 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 What year would that have been? I was probably. Um, you guys were in college, college. I want to so say, because I think Aaron was. Yeah. Um, somewhere between 2002 and 2005, I'd say. Because yeah. I, I think Aaron, what, or I, I thought it was you, but I knew somebody had wanted stuff brought up from the basement. I think you were like about ready to go back to, mm -hmm. you know, college for the semester. Hey, it kind of bears mentioning that you you guys built that house. What what year did you build the house? Uh, 1988. 88. Okay. Do you happen to know what was on the property before your house? No. Um, as far as we knew, it was a vacant lot. Um, it's so as far back as like our abstract goes, it was a vacant lot, but who knows what was here before. And this was all Indian land. That's true. This was, this was all Native American land at one time. Um, we're also, um, we're right near the, the Swiggle River and right across the river is Seneca Hill, where there is a very famous apparition known as the Seneca Hill ghost, um, which might and it's like um a, a woman and a young child a, like a little girl running in terror is and it's been seen by numerous numerous people so i always have to wonder if the little girl is the green girl you know because like we're right across the water from that and i i guess water is a good conduit i don't know but that's what they tell me <laughs> yes i've definitely heard that before that um, it's an amplifier for energy. So a lot mm -hmm. of spiritual or paranormal activity will happen you mm -hmm. know, near a river or a large body of water. Do you feel like um, your beliefs, you know, in Catholicism, has that influence or did that influence you guys in the beginning of like being a little bit more skeptical? I think so, because we, you know, we had a very you know, very traditional upbringing um, in our, you know, our Catholic teaching was the the souls of the dead are either in heaven, hell or purgatory. Those are your three options. And um, we've kind of had to expand our thinking about that, um, that maybe there is more more to it than that. So what what is your thinking about it now? I, I, you know, I, I'm not sure. Um, I think that there, there may be some spirits that haven't um, crossed over for whatever reason. The uh, residual activity, I think, is 
probably not somebody's soul, but maybe just there was um, just some energy that that got trapped in like in a loop. That's my feeling about that. Um, I also, you know, do believe that um, that the the dead can visit us, you know, because um, I I think I mentioned my dream about my grandmother, mm-hmm. which um, I hardly ever, ever remember my dreams and if I do it's like I wake up because I woke up in the middle of the dream and then after a few minutes it's faded and gone or you know I don't remember very much but I remember this vividly because and it was probably 15 years ago or more um but I remember she had been gone for quite a while and she wasn't particularly on my mind and she popped up in the middle of a dream I was having where she didn't belong it was about school and we were all we were sitting at these little little desks, you know, like, like kindergarten desks. And we were sitting there and we were talking and I can't remember what we talked about. Um, but I, I remembered that she was dead. Um, and I, but I wasn't scared, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't afraid of that. And I, I think words just, words just fall short of the feeling that I got from her. And I remember she looked exactly like I remember her, except um, she. by the end of her life, she was all kind of hunched over with osteoporosis and she had lost a lot of her teeth. Um, but so I remember her having sitting up nice and straight and tall and having these dazzling white teeth, but everything else is exactly the same. Her little apron, her little square glasses, her hair in a bun, um, you know, exactly the way I remembered her. You know, but the feeling that just emanated from her, and I, I, like I said, words just can't fully give it, describe it. It was just a feeling of total peace and love and contentment that just oozed from her pores. So my feeling is, you know, if that's what the other side is like, that's not so bad. Yeah, it gives you some comfort and not feeling as afraid, you know everybody's time is going to come obviously exactly but your experience it sounds like helps you feel a little bit more comfortable that it's going to be a good transition and I I think so I I, I actually I've I've said many times I'm not afraid to die I'm just not looking forward to dying because I don't like pain and suffering you know but I'm I'm not afraid to die because I I know that I have confidence that there's something on the other side that's going to be pretty good yeah what about you dad how have your beliefs changed since you started experiencing all of this well it's really cemented the the thought of the afterlife and that um that contact can be made if need be. A a lot of times when I'm um, really like either upset or out of sorts about something, I'll smell your grandmother's um, perfume. And grandma placed only one, wore one type of perfume her whole life. And that always seems to calm me down. So it's like, I'm trying to remember. It's like it was white. Oh, okay. White musk. Yeah. White, white musk. Yes. Yeah. And I remember shortly after she passed, coming home, and the whole house smelled I like smelled it. Smelled like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I remember that. Yeah. I was going to say, and I, I remember Aunt Bobby saying um, that when she was going in for her um, breast cancer surgery, she felt grandpa in the room with her. Oh, wow. And so she, she knew he was there, you know, just give her support. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think, they, I, I think they can make contact if they, if, if they want to or need to. I agree. Um, for our listeners who don't know this, uh, for about nine months last year, I lived with my grandma taking care of her. And so I would sleep in my grandfather's room and there was a lot of times where I felt his presence in there, that he was trying to make contact with me. There was times where he would like tickle the back of my neck to kind of let me know that he was there. But I could, mm -hmm. there was a lot of nights where I'm like, grandpa's in here with me. I can feel him. Yeah. And that and would be is, That would be grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for just the sake of, of getting it down, these are, are definitely... You guys are describing positive experiences you have, the positive feelings. None of this is anything that would be considered something trying to to scare you in any way. Any kind of like, you know, there's not right. Am I am I wrong with that? No, no, I I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, none of the experiences that we had would I would characterize as like evil or you know, bad in any way, um, at best they're mischievous and take our stuff, yeah. but, um, you know, but I, it, and nothing bad has ever really happened. Um, and I've never, you know, so people are like, well, aren't you afraid to live in a haunted house? And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, it, nothing bad has ever happened. It's just, you know, sometimes it's, you know, it's a little weird and, and, you know, a little kooky, but, you know, they don't really scare me. Yeah. I would say probably the scariest thing was when Mike got hissed at. Oh, yeah. You oh, yeah. Know? But, but that, he, was... that was his own fault <laughs> because he was making fun of the of the ghosts. And, you know, he and he did it the whole way up and down the stairs, yeah. you know, and he, you know, and then the last the last thing when he was almost at to the top of the stairs, you know, we all heard the hiss in his ear. So he, he did that to himself. He got, he got what he was asking for. <laughs> You don't insult your guests, even if they're invisible. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> well, and they probably think we're the guests. You know, they were. Yeah, but that's right. probably, probably true. Probably here first. Yeah. Well, a few months back, um, Dad's cousin Mark did a, a reading for me, um, just because he needed somebody to practice on. <laughs> so mm -hmm. he did a reading for me, and he definitely said that my grandmother is like my spirit guide. And I've always and I felt that ever since I've had you know that dream about her. Um, so it's it's kind of nice to know that your loved ones are watching over you, you know, and they can offer help or support if if you need it. Yeah. Just for the sake of context, reading as in, are we talking about cards or something else? Like, what what is the what's the context of reading here? Well, it was very strange because he asked if he asked if he could do a reading on me, so I figured he was going to like you know come to the house or I go to his house or whatever. Um, but he did it at his house and then he called me on the phone, and I'm like, okay, so I I kind of think there were cards involved, but I'm not not sure what kind. Um, but a lot of the things that he said were you know were very spot on. 
Yeah, I think he does a kind of a mixture of different types mm -hmm. of readings where it's very intuitive, um, but I think he uses cards to kind of help with the messages yeah. as well. And Mark will be on our show at some point. We have, we have an interview scheduled with him, so look forward to hearing more of his stories for sure. Dad, have you ever seen any UFOs or anything? No. Okay. No. Sometimes well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if I really want to or with all the stuff that I've read. But no, I, I, I'll tell you one. I'll tell you something about that, though. From the time I was 13 to the time I was 18, I had a dream that your Uncle Ray and I were being chased by aliens through the house constantly every single night for those five years. It was the same dream. That's interesting. I don't even know what that means, but there you have it. Yeah, and where that came, why that started happening. That's interesting. Right. Because at Wait. that point, I was only, well, just from 13 to 18, mm -hmm. I hadn't read a lot of the, the UFO stuff and the things that I've read now, you know. Do you think that influenced you to start looking into this stuff a little bit more? It might have, subconsciously, sure. Mm-hmm. Tell us about some of the things that you have read about, like UFOs and. Oh God, I've read about Roswell and the the crash there. I've read there's a place called Ex Exeter. There there was a big UFO flap there, and they've claimed that they've found bodies and pieces and all kinds of things. I've read, and basically I. There's not a conspiracy theory that I did, haven't met that I didn't like. So, <laughs> yeah. So, what what do you think about aliens and UFOs based on well, what you've read? Because of all the experiences we've had here and and stuff like that, I think that the universe and the universes beyond our universe are too big for god to have just made us and angels i think that there are aliens i do believe we've been visited i don't know too many sightings and stuff have happened to all of them for all of them to be hoax and just mm -hmm. this if you're just looking statistically there's got to be other life out there somewhere mm -hmm. whether it's like ours or not or but there's got to be something else do you think that they come from like another planet? Do you think they're coming from another dimension? What do you What do you think? Oh my God! There's all yeah. It could be another dimension. It could be inside the Earth. It could be another planet. There's, you know, there's all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not really sure. I just do believe that there, there are some out there somewhere, yeah, and that some of them have been here wherever they've come from. Well, if you if you think that, you know, God created the universe and the billions and billions of stars and probably the billions and billions of planets surrounding those stars, I think it's rather egocentric for us to think that we're the only intelligent life and he only put it, you know, intelligent life on this little rock. Um, mm -hmm. Because otherwise it's an enormous waste of space, you know, <laughs> for that vast universe and us to be the only ones. But like I said, it's, you know, it's egocentric thinking. Um, because we just know what our experiences are, but, right. um, I, I think there's, there's gotta be life elsewhere in the universe. And, 
you know, whether they visited us or not, I don't know. But um, I'm, I'm sure that there's there's other intelligent life out there somewhere. I, I think it's all very interesting. Uh, I, I believe that, you know, all of the things that you folks say that you have experienced over the years that you actually have, for sure. Um, you know, I, I have no, no doubt that these are things that are happening to you all. Um, you know, based on experiences that I've had, thing, people I've talked to, things that I've, I've read throughout my life. Um, there are people, um, and, and one, one of which was, you know, and, and, you know, as people continue to listen to these things, they're going to get sick of hearing me talk about John Keel. But uh, John Keel was the guy who wrote the Mothman Prophecies back in the 70s. Um, he wrote a lot of books, and one, one, of, one of his thought processes was that there are people and then this apparently was his thought processor seemed to be that they kind of ran in families, but there are people who are more likely to be able to experience um, kind of what he called, you know, and we've, we, there's a bunch of different word, ways to say this, but kind of uh, people who are more likely to experience psychic phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And the people who are more likely to experience that in his thought process were sometimes likely to make it possible for people who don't generally have that predilection to be able to perceive those things as well mm -hmm. and yep. or people who you know maybe had a little bit of, of a way to, to see that stuff would be able to see it more the more they're around people who are strong in it and you know possibly it's got nothing to do with where you are and it has more to do with when the people in your life that are more attuned to those things are around, then you're more likely to share in that because they're around to do that, mm -hmm. to, to kind of you know reveal that. I think that both of your both of your daughters are people like that from the stories mm -hmm. I've heard from both of them. Well, and you know, Aaron has definitely experienced, you know, some kind of, you know, spirit activity in every single place she's ever lived, mm -hmm. including her college dorm. Um and she and she sometimes can identify who who it is, um, whether it's you know her her friend that passed away or whether it's her former partner that passed away. But um, yeah, I think that she's definitely you know I think they're drawn to her because she can she knows she can sense her presence. Mm -hmm. So therefore, she brings them to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like a she's a magnet or an amplifier herself. Mm -hmm. For sure. sure. Mm -hmm. Did you, so we all watched the Hellier documentary. Uh-huh. Did you notice like any kind of weird activity picking up after watching that for you guys? Well, maybe that was about the time I lost my sunglasses. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we haven't had much activity in a long, long time. And of course, Aaron hasn't been home in three and a half years. Right. So, um, I kind of put it down to that, but hey, maybe it was the hell your episode. I don't know, because that was right about the time my sunglasses went missing. Yeah, I mean, it could be either. I just know for for me, after we watched that whole series, weird stuff started happening here that never mm. happened before. You know, I'd been living here for six months prior to watching that and had no experiences. And then all of a sudden somebody's messing with the lights in the bathroom on me and I'm seeing things out of the corner of my eye and you know I don't know if watching that kind of like brought things to the surface again or what happened but it just 
definitely feel like something happened after watching that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that Thank was also the, the same time frame that we watched, uh, started watching Twin Peaks. That's and I'm um, not sure if you, you guys have ever watched we, yeah, way we back watched in the day. Yeah. But from beginning to end, we watched it. Yeah, it was very strange. <laughs> yeah. there, yes. There's a lot of, uh, so David Lynch is the guy who created and directed and co-wrote all of Twin Peaks, uh, is a lifelong practitioner of transcendental meditation. Um, he had um, a lot of research with um, Masonic stuff, and there's a lot of Masonic imagery in that show. Uh, mm-hmm. The idea of um, you know the White Lodge versus the Black Lodge, all that stuff. That's that all comes from the the magical side, you know, quote magical side of, of masonry, and you know that that you could you could make an argument that that show that Twin Peaks itself can also be kind of an initiation into things like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we started this podcast. So <laughs> I think we were initiated into something. <laughs> yeah. So has weird stuff been happening since you started your podcast? Yeah, I mean, it mostly it's very strange, but it mostly happens when Jonathan is not here for me. If he's gone, all of a sudden there's strange things happening. Like um this piece of paper moved like right I was looking right at it. There's no wind near it. I'm not moving. Nobody else is in the house and it just moved like pretty significantly the other day when he wasn't here. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, and hearing things and and John did say that he's seen things out of the corner of his eye a lot. And before we started, you know, watching Twin Peaks or or Hellier, but I had not experienced anything here until that. So something opened up. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and deal. I know that we we shared that, you know, nothing bad has ever happened to us, but I, I do believe that there are, you know, bad entities out there. Um, and so, you know, I think one needs to be very careful about opening things up, like, you know, using a Ouija board or something like that. I think you can open a whole can of worms that you don't know what to do with once it's open. So we stay away from all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It doesn't, the energy here doesn't feel bad or anything like that. It feels like, like you said, it feels a little mischievous, you know, like you're messing with me with the lights, like you're turning them on and off, <laughs> you know, to uh-huh. kind of mess with me, you know, but it doesn't feel like harmful in any kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does like the negative entities, how does that kind of fit into your spiritual beliefs? Well, you know, if we believe that, you know, there's a heaven and there's a hell, um, I, you know, I don't know if it's actually a physical place more of uh, than a state of being, if you will. But, um, you know, I think that there are definitely, um, you know, fallen angels and demons out there that, that you know, um, attack people or possess people or things like that. I, I, I believe that that's a real thing. Um, fortunately for us, that has not been our experience, but I know some people have had very, very bad experiences. So um, we've just been lucky that yeah. it's just been, pos- you know, it's just been positive. It's just, 
you know, just kind of sometimes a little spooky, but you know, mm-hmm. you get used to it after a while. Yeah. Do you feel like anything like protects you from negative entities? I think my faith does. You know, I wear a cross every single day of my life. Um, I carry a bottle of holy water in my purse. Um, so, you know, bless the cars every time we take a trip, you know, mm-hmm. so um, I, I really feel, you know, that my faith protects me. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, if there are evil entities out there, I think they attack people who are vulnerable, you know, that um, may be hurting in some way, you know, emotionally or spiritually or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope I'm not, you know, like shooting myself in the foot by saying that, but, um, you know, I, um, I, I think my faith plays a big role in keeping the, the, the evil entities away. Mm-hmm. God's got my back. <laughs> Well, thanks for talking with us, guys. Well, thanks for having us on. Really? You know, it's it's good to have this forum where people can share their stories and not have other people think they're crazy. Um, and, <laughs> yes. and you know, and have some have people that will take them seriously because, yeah. you know, sometimes you don't want to tell people about your experiences because they'll think you're nuts. So it's definitely a huge reason why we're doing this. And you know, the more that we're doing this and the more that we're reaching or having people reach out to us, the more I realize that probably most people have had some kind of unexplained experience Mm -hmm. in some way, you know? So it's like, if we can all talk about it, then maybe we can make a little bit more sense of it. And Mm -hmm. we don't have to feel so crazy when these things happen to us. So that's the goal here. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. We really appreciate appreciate having you. Yeah, and well, and thank you for ha- thank you for having us. Yeah. yeah. Just a side note. Yeah. I bought that. I bought the hell year book. Of course, oh, he did. Did we know there was a book, Jonathan? There's a hell year down, a hell year below, or something like that. Oh, and it's oh, written it's written by the three the three aliens. Risk. Oh cold in um thor there whatever the hell his name is thor valiant valiant thor i've i've I, thor, I, yes. I have to look this up i'm not i'm oh not my. seeing this yeah yeah well you know there's not a book in print that your father doesn't want <laughs> now yeah, well we understand this <laughs> did, did, did you guys watch the second season you watched the whole the whole show right yeah we watched the yep. whole show yeah yeah well, I, I am right now about 40 pages into Secret Ciphers of the Euphonauts, which features pretty heavily in the second, in both of mm-hmm. them, really, yep. mostly mm-hmm. the second one, by um by Alan Greenfield. And that, so yep. far, has been extremely interesting. Uh, Alan Greenfield is a super, super interesting guy, for sure. He's got a lot of knowledge. Yeah, I thought my head was going to explode by the time I got to the end of that. <laughs> right. Because... I, I just like I don't even know what to think about all of this. Mm-hmm. And and then Greenfield, when they were talking to Greenfield, he goes, "Oh yeah, you're being guided by the the third whatever there." And I'm going, and he and he's talking about it like, "Oh yeah, it's like it's okay, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, every day, no big deal." Yeah. Well, 
from what I'm seeing about his life, and as I dig into him a little bit, that that's pretty par for the course for that guy. He's got he's had some extremely interesting experiences. I so, bet. I can ima only imagine. <clears throat> I hope yeah. one day to have a conversation with him. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, maybe come like on your podcast. Maybe we'll you become famous out. enough. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put that out to the universe. Alan Greenfield. Yeah. Yep. We've made it. Talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we have fallen down a huge rabbit hole that I don't know if we'll ever be able to climb out of, but you know, it's yeah, it's, it's okay. fun. So yeah. <laughs> we're in good company, right, Dad? Yeah, that's right, honey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this was fun. Thank you guys for doing this. Thank you so much for being here. If you have a strange story you want to share with us, email us at seekerandskeptic at gmail.com. We look forward to talking to you soon.